Welcome to episode two of Initial Legal Offering, now with 50% fewer panelists. More red candles than a seance, faster offshore deposits than a questionable ICO. It's Initial Legal Offering, the latest in crypto news and regulation. This week on Initial Legal Offering, Savvy and I discuss the North American Security Administrators Association, or LAME NASA as we like to call it, and their recent (laughs) press release on crypto-related investigation. We'll also explore the SEC's bid to track crypto mentions on social media. And finally, we face off over whether Tether, cryptocurrency's most controversial asset, should sink or swim in this week's crypto face-off. Joining us this week in Satoshi's Unfinished Basement is Cryptocurrency's most charming panel. We are down two members today because Jared's out on paternity leave and uh, Laura Beth is unfortunately unable to make it as well. So we have Ben taking over on MC duties. Hey, hey. And as always, I am Sevi, our resident tech and security guru. So let's get to the news. Okay, up first we have the U.S. and Canadian securities regulators uh, involved in over 200 crypto probes. This is the North American Security Administrators Association, or NASA. Uh, This group is comprised of uh, securities regulators in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And... uh, Yeah, so they have more than 200 active investigations right now. Uh, That's up from 70 in May 2018. And so uh, this really represents a pretty big expansion in their enforcement efforts uh, regarding ICOs. Yeah, this is based on all the the ICO craze from last year, everybody kind of going for the cash grab. Um, And the the regulators kind of caught on to it, obviously, from this. Um, You know, there was only 70 investigations in May of this year. Now they're up to, what? Two, more than 200? Yeah, it seemed like uh, in the past uh, six months to a year, the U.S. SEC anyways was really focused on the most egregious cases of uh, ICO fraud. Um, they went after a company called PlexCore back in December. Uh, they promised their investors a 13-fold profit in less than a month. So uh, pretty that's just, pretty hefty. That's, that's, uh, a high, that's a high rate of return there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's big connect levels right there. Uh, after that, in January, they went after a rise bank. Uh, they claimed the first decentralized bank with FDIC insured accounts, which obviously was not the case. Yeah. And uh, and then in February, they went after Bitfunder, uh, who straight up stole five thousand bitcoins from their investors. So, I mean, yeah, the the SEC has been been hard at work, but this really represents a substantial widening of the net uh, as far as regulating ICOs and going after uh, cases of fraud. Yeah, and they actually use state commissions too uh, from the United States. Uh, one of the notable quotes from the press release um, was from um, Alabama Securities Commission Director Joseph Borg, uh, where he said, while not every ICO or cryptocurrency-related investment is a fraud, it is important um, for individuals and firms selling these products to be mindful that they are not doing so in a vacuum and that state and provincial laws or regulations may apply, especially securities laws. So that's what you have when these people incorporate these companies offshore um, and then you know expect to get around the laws and, and regulations that way, but yet it's kind of like an end-user jurisdiction. So if you're selling it to somebody and they're in that state, that's where the issues arise. Um, and, and notably, too, North Carolina has had a couple investigations that were mentioned 
um, in this Operation Crypto Sweep. One of them was Adogia LLC, um, which the guy was pretty much trying to sell, um, trying to shield his tokens for um, like an Internet of Things kind of stuff. So kind of like IOTA, where it was like the the blockchain would know when you know it would know it would tell you when to water your plant or it would tell you if if the mailman put a put a piece of mail in your mailbox, which is kind of a you know novel idea. Except he was selling it as securities and wasn't registered with the SEC. He actually entered a consent order. Um, with the the North Carolina Secretary of State and the Securities Division saying that he would, you know, cease and desist all, all further activities like that. And um, further research on him is that he's trying to um, do one of the exemptions now through um, through the SEC, either um, Regulation 506 um, exemption, um, to try and get around and, and try and, you know, continue this project going. They also went after Power Mining Pool, which was a company that they never actually found anything out anything about um they were from said was it russia or yeah, ukraine or something Central like that Europe or something they just gave two names and never actually did anything they they, they were sent a temporary cease and desist order one day and then the next day uh, their website was down so you can see that you know whether these companies are are based in the states or based overseas that there's a lot of action being a lot of, a lot of resources are being um used by the states to try and combat these kind of fraudulent activities yeah and uh You've seen ICOs uh, maybe say this is this is not open to U.S. customers in the past, uh, but if they're really opening it up to anyone and uh, not bothering to figure out who their investors are, uh, I mean, they can still be held liable for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, the whole kind of um, a lot of the, the allegations in, in some of these investigations are that, that the companies don't do any kind of ways to check that their their customers have you know x amounts of funds whether that be for to, to try and beat the accredited investors definition through the sec but you can just see that they're basically just trying to shield these things to the general public who are so you know have no idea about what what they're actually buying and you know on this belief of they'll get gigantic returns because crypto is the newest hottest thing and right you know uh, they, they always say do your own research but I've been researching crypto for a year, and I still feel like I'm lost. <laughs> so, um, I know how hard it can be to try and figure that kind of stuff out. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good that they're taking these actions, but, you know, is it good for all of crypto? You know, that's yet to be seen. It, it should, theoretically, it should be good because it'll get the, the um, questionable and fraudulent actors out of the market. But at the end, it could, you know, come at the cost of um, innovation because, you know, the newer companies are, are unable to, to keep up with this kind of uh, regulation. Yeah, I mean it's still still early goings in in this field, and uh, I, I I personally am all for getting out the the worst offenders in this area. And uh, I mean, look, there are what over fifteen hundred different coins and uh, uh, coins and ICOs that's out there. Let's be honest, that's yeah, just too many. That, that's too. You don't many. even know which ones to pick. <laughs> Doge coins look great though, right? Right. Um, cool logo. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm all for weeding that weeding that down to uh, to the players that have serious projects in the space, and uh, hopefully those are also going to be the ones who really take care to if they're raising funds through an ICO or some other means that they're actually going through the proper channels and uh, know your customer regulations and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's very true. Uh, so transitioning here um, to our next article that we're going to discuss. Is the SEC? Uh, they want to keep tabs on your social media posts um, that that potentially could move markets. And while they didn't, the the solicitation that they put out on their website 
um, was seeking an out-of-the-box tool to monitor and flag posts that could have an financial uh, c- could have an effect on financial markets. Um, while they didn't outright say this, there's there's a lot of belief in in crypto markets and just in in securities markets as a whole that this is based on Elon Musk and his tweet. Um, he was trying to he sent a tweet that he was going to take Tesla back to be a private company, right? Um, and saying that he had already gotten the funding to do so, um, which called a, a large, you know, pump on their stock. But turns out that they didn't have that funding and that they're probably not going to go private. So they're trying to address these things because this rampant use of social media um, can have this great effect on financial markets, which which so much ease too. I mean, yeah, there's huge huge potential there and uh you see this in stuff like pump and dump groups where i might have thousands even hundreds of thousands of members and uh they'll all agree on one coin to pump and uh also encourage their users to go out on twitter or facebook or reddit or anywhere else and also talk about these coins try and get a lot of buzz for them so that when they are trying to buy and subsequently sell um, that there are other people outside their group willing to be on the other end of that bargain. So, uh, I mean, this is this is something that Facebook and Twitter and all the social media apps um, have in some way or another is an API for uh, allowing companies to analyze vast amounts of data coming through this network. And uh, so the SEC is just looking for a company that can work with these APIs, um, analyze it as it's coming in, and try to identify where there might be a coordinated effort or campaign to either uh, pump a crypto or uh, spread FUD about it uh, to try and drop the price down so people can get in at a lower price point. Yeah, so it's almost like it's like the modern-day kind of insider trading. We're right. all we're all on on, on Discord. <laughs> we're all on Telegram. Okay, guys. Um, the new coin today is and boom. You know they just do it. Um, and it, it it manipulates the markets to where a coin that you know could potentially have no real value or no real actually real world use or you know no, the technology behind it could just be you know it could just be another altcoin that doesn't really do anything. Um, and then you've got that kind of fake market manipulation. I mean it's. Yeah, the uh, the interesting thing about these pump and dump groups is that they are more mostly coordinating uh, over like Discord and Telegram, which are semi closed systems, right? Like it's not broadcasting out to the world like Twitter and Facebook are. Um, and while some of their members do do that or actively encourage their members to do that, um, the most of the coordination happens privately. So at that point, the SEC would have to subpoena uh, Discord or, or uh, Telegram, right? Yeah. So then you're talking about, you know, a massive amount of information that they're going to have to go through, a lot of people that they're going to have to talk to for, for this kind of stuff to happen. Um, and, you know, who's to say that it's they're not just talking, you know, they have to look at the substance of what they're saying um, on those things, whether they're all saying, hey, let's pump this for a reason or whether they're sitting there simply talking on the telegram about what they think the tech is going to do. I mean, there's a lot of speculation there, but I mean, it's going to be a little bit harder than than just saying, oh, they're they're doing this to manipulate the market rather than saying, oh, no, we're just really into this coin or we're just, well know. some of them are pretty blatant about it <laughs> uh, i mean i've seen i've seen posts on twitter and and reddit uh saying hey this is the best pump and dump group out there and we have the most members and we have the biggest influence and can move the markets the most and uh, a lot of them work like pyramid schemes as well where to get to the higher tiers and get that information quicker you have to invite more people and 
uh, spread more uh, more news about uh, their coins on on Twitter or Facebook. So they're not even trying to hide this stuff a lot of the time. And uh, I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious. This is all pretty illegal, right? Like, yeah. Uh, so I don't think there's really any question about that. But I mean, Telegram is, uh, like I said, a closed system and actually has uh, some decent encryption built in. So uh, while it's closed source encryption, uh, nobody really knows how much access Telegram itself has to that. Um, Discord, as far as I'm, as far as I know, uh, doesn't have heavy heavy encryption. It's uh, more like uh, Slack, where if you have a business use, you can uh, you can have it encrypted. But most is uh, out there, free and clear. And I'm sure Discord has all the keys to all their groups uh, and could turn that information over to the government if it was requested. Yeah. So it sounds like the SECs too. They're they're reaching for small business, a, a private business, to do this too. Is that is that correct? Yeah, uh, I believe they said uh, they were looking for a business with under twenty-seven million. Yeah, twenty-seven million, um, with a f- already finished product too. And th- these they're taking bids until September eleventh, um, which seems like a short turnaround for such a project. But then again, well, if they already have it built, then uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of a lot of businesses would be uh, clamoring for that government contract. Yeah. So last week we picked Tether as our crypto of the week and me and Sevy are going to face off on this one and see who is going to get the pro side of this and who's going to get the con side of this. That's right. I uh, got the uh, coin flip all queued up here. Uh, so we'll g- we're going to say uh, heads you are pro. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deliberate long pause there everyone. <laughs> Google takes a long time. Uh, and it is come up tails, so uh, you are going to be arguing on the con side. So uh, this should be interesting. Yeah, I will uh, start things off here. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you know what Tether is about, <laughs> and uh, probably also a lot of the controversy surrounding it. But uh, Tether really rose uh, last year with uh, with all of crypto, really, and. Uh, it's been uh, the de facto trading pair on a lot of uh, exchanges uh, besides uh, with Bitcoin um, for quite a while. And um, what Tether is really about is uh, being a stable coin that is pegged to the U.S. dollar. Um, it has actually remarkably stayed uh, quite stable over its lifetime, um, always staying within a few cents of a dollar. Um, and it's allegedly backed. Dollar per dollar, yes, right? Yes, okay. back dollar per dollar um, based on uh, a dollar coming in, they issue a dollar of Tether. Now, um, obviously, they don't do this uh, probably uh, quite as frequently as they maybe receive money, but they print Tether in batches, usually of a couple hundred million at a time, and um, and uh, usually issued directly to exchanges to keep up with the demand there. So uh, Tether is currently uh, worth... Uh, close to $3 billion now, isn't it? Yeah. And um, uh, so uh, over that time, um, they have faced some controversies regarding uh, transparency and um, how, uh, if the currency is in fact backed one-to-one with U.S. dollars. Um, And they have addressed this to a certain degree. Uh, They originally, when they first started, they had a couple banks in Taiwan they were working with and released some of the reports from uh, auditing reports that some companies in Taiwan had done. And uh, at that period in time, uh, they were shown to have uh, the dollar reserves that they should have uh, based on how many tethers had been printed at that point in time. 
They have since done business with a, uh, a couple people in the U.S. as well. And both times, uh, I believe January uh, of this year and also May of this year, um, they have also uh, once again confirmed that they, at least at the time the report was conducted, um, had the balances in their bank accounts uh, for the amount of Tether that has been issued. There's a lot of issues that people have brought up, a lot of, uh, I would call them conspiracy theories about uh, whether the money conspiracy is actually theories, yeah. there okay. or not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, you're free to think differently, but uh, none of this has been substantiated yet. Um, they have yet to get an actual accounting firm to do a full audit uh, of their books, but you can sort of understand why that might be an issue. Um, in the U.S. anyways, U.S. accounting firms, if they were to take on an auditing job like this, they would be liable for all of the information that they produce in their report um, if any of it is inaccurate. And with crypto being as young as it is, a lot of the regulations and uh, taxes are surrounding crypto still sort of up in the air to a certain degree. I can see why accounting firms would be hesitant to take this on. And so in lieu of that, they've gotten uh, a couple different law firms to to look at their uh, account balances, at least, and verify that the money is actually there. Yeah. So I think, too, that um, because it's so hard for, I mean, to somebody to sit down in a bank account and, and count out $3 billion is, is, is quite, a, quite a feat. Um, well, it's numbers on a screen now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. But them to try and keep up with that but i mean as of press time right now tether is within the top 10 of on coin market cap it's like number eight um and it's a relatively stable coin so you know there's a it makes it a little bit easier for um people that want to get into crypto to just dump their money in tether first and then you know bounce it between the cryptos right that's kind of one of the things that they do right yeah because i mean I don't know about you, but any time I've dabbled even a little bit in trading, uh, trying to trade against Bitcoin is just gets so confusing with uh, figuring out where you are. Like, yeah, you can see if you're up or down, but looking at Bitcoin pairs and trying to figure out, well, how much am how I many up or down? Satoshis in this? Uh, yeah, how many Satoshis uh, <laughs> just gets entirely too confusing for me. And so having that USDT pair there to be able to trade against has been helpful for me. And yeah, if there uh, isn't the option for actual U.S. dollars, then I think that's the next best thing. So what do we got on the con side? Oh, there's just a couple. <laughs> just um, a couple. Namely, so I, I gave their, their their white paper a good, a good read. And um, all over it is this transparency issue is that, you know, we're going to have this on our website. We'll have a transparency thing where you can see the, the balances of our accounts and, and everything. And we're going to make sure that we have these audits, you know, on a regular basis. And um, while they have done a couple audits, they have not, you know, been fully public and they've not, you know, fully audited the entire, uh, their entire holdings. Um, and they, they actually had a law firm conduct that audit as well instead of, instead of an accounting firm. Um, and they only, and like I said, they only confirmed the bank account balance on one particular day. So according to their white paper, they're already, you know, not kind of holding their end of the bargain. And it's also kind of interesting that there's been this kind of correlation between big dumps into tether and also big jumps in um, bitcoin so one's to one's to wonder as, as to why i mean it could be there's two different things that could be happening here it could be that they're just a correlation and they're they're not re really related um or it could be that there's causation there and that the the markets are somehow or that the exchanges are somehow involved with this 
gigantic dump into Tether as to, you know, kind of driving the, the, the Bitcoin price jumping up. Um, and then you have this, this big um, relationship that Tether has with Bitfinex. So, you know, they're almost, I mean, they have some of the same partners um, and the same CEO that was named in the Panama Papers, too. Um, yeah, so. being named in the Panama Papers, probably not the best look, but I mean. <laughs> hey, it's Panama. Yeah. It's in the sun. Hey. <laughs> um, you had a lot of big names in those uh, in the in that leak. Yeah, and it, it puts a, a great deal of control of that three billion dollars in you know into Bitfinex and, and Tether. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I thought centralization was what we were trying to avoid um, with with cryptocurrency. But it, I mean, it. Uh, you can see that there are some pros to it, but there's there's just a whole lot. Um, like, could they, you know, if it was fraudulent, could it really, Could I mean, it could potentially disrupt some of the crypto markets. Yeah, it could definitely have a big impact if they were to, uh, I mean, why they would ever do this, uh, I'm not really sure. But if they were actually to release a full audit from uh, a major accounting firm and it shows that, there's some uh, some issues there with their books, then, yeah, obviously that could have a huge uh, impact because so many exchanges use uh, Tether as as a d- uh, default trading pair, and um, there's just so much money there. I mean, having a even even ignoring uh, Tether's uh, influence over markets because of its unique role as a stable coin and as a trading pair, um, having a top eight cryptocurrency uh, found to be largely fraudulent would just be massive on the market. Yeah. Yeah. So th- some of the two main concerns here are that one, you know, what if it's not backed by that one to one ratio? You know, if, if they're using some kind of fractional lending, then we're just going to have the same, you know, the same kind of issues that we have with traditional banking systems. Right. Um, and then, you know, where you have multiple claims on one single um, dollar. Or, and the, the, the more serious concern is that if they can just print the tethers, you know, as they, as they want to, then it's more like a central bank, just like you would normally have. And, and you know. Well, that's like the Fed at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just and, making money out of thin air. Yeah. So, I mean, those, those are some big issues that, you know, audit, a, a full public audit could definitely address. Um, but they've, you know, like I said, they've, they've done a few private ones and nothing and, you know, have not done what they said their white paper would do. Um, not to mention, in November of last year, um, we had the hackers that stole $31 million in, in Tether. Yeah, and which, I mean, we've we've had major hacks on pretty much every coin, every exchange. Like, hacks are not anything too out of the, out of the norm um, for crypto. And so I would expect that to happen in Tether as any other coin. Yeah, and they've actually quarantine those funds so they can't be accessed and if you you know if you go look on their website in the transparency section um you can see that those it's almost 31 million um have been quarantined and that means that they're not being used but that also means that there's centralized control over the tether which is you know the transaction is not immutable so it's almost like a regular bank that can go back and say hey you can't you know we can cancel this transaction yeah and uh i i know that's a big deal for a lot of people in the crypto world, I don't necessarily see that as uh, as a huge issue. I mean, yeah, we had that happen with Ether as well with the with the DAO hack. Um, that's why Ether Classic split off um, because there was a very fervent and vocal group in uh, in the Ethereum community who did not want them to change the the public ledger. And so I could see why that's an issue, but Ether. Uh, 
sent back those tokens, refunded those tokens, whatever. The world moved on, and uh, and we're still using Ether today. Yeah. So some of the other cons to Tether are that they use Taiwanese banks first, and they have no U.S. banks that back them right now. Uh, well, I mean, we don't actually know who their banks yeah. are. Because <laughs> um, we haven't had a full audit. <laughs> yeah, the, I believe those original banks in Taiwan that they were doing business with, um, they're no longer associated with. Uh, but um, I believe they do probably, if not definitely, have some uh, some U.S. banks. But uh, in the, what was it, the Friedman report, um, they had redacted the names of those banks uh, because... Let's be honest. A lot of U.S. banks are hesitant to be seen um, doing business with uh, crypto businesses, so um, you can understand why they would maybe not want their name released in that report. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of and sense. It's also putting uh, putting a target on their backs for regulators um, to come in and say, "Hey, we need to see these accounts as well and um, see where this money is coming from." Yeah. So, and their their only main competitor is what True USD. Yeah, um, uh, there's a few stable coins out there, but True USD is probably the next next biggest. Yeah, and they actually have a third party hold their funds in escrow. Is that that's right, right? Yeah, yeah. So that makes it <clears throat> at least they're, they're a little bit more accountable, um, but they just don't have the market share that, that Tether does. Tether's just been Tether's been around for a while too. So yeah, um, it has the name recognition, um, and you know, despite it, despite those the the audits not being fully conducted i mean they i think they just printed another hundred million this past weekend so it tells you that something's happening there you know whether we can see if it's if it's really being backed by dollar to dollar or if they're just printing them um something is happening you know within that company yeah i mean uh as far as printing goes uh a, a lot of people out there think it's it's being printed in these big batches because these tether orders are coming directly from exchanges um, they need to keep their supply of Tether up to be able to to complete these trades on their platforms. And along those same lines, I mean, if this is uh, with the with the markets responding um, anytime new Tether is printed, well, you would expect that if they were the exchanges were trying to trying to get a new influx of cash on their system, which they would do when the market is down um, to make sure the market doesn't completely collapse. This happens in pretty much every market where the market's down, the exchanges or major players in those exchanges want to prop it up, uh, infuse it with more cash to make sure that to make sure that it doesn't just tank outright. Yeah. And that's perfectly legal to do Yeah, if it's coming from the exchanges. Yeah, so love it or hate it, uh, Tether appears to be around for the foreseeable future. It makes it certainly makes it a little bit easier for those trying to get involved in the crypto sphere to understand, um, you know, what each coin is worth. And and you know, when you see multifractional decimals for a uh, coin, it's a little bit hard to understand. But if you can put that same number into Tether, then it's a little bit easier to grasp actual value. Yeah, and um, despite all the all the issues people have raised so far, uh, I mean, the fact remains that so far there's been no concrete evidence of um, issues with Tether printing money out of thin air or uh, or anything along those lines. And the fact remains, people continue to trade with it and agree that it's worth a dollar. So if people agree it's worth a dollar, then it must be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that's. I mean, that's until how the, someone says otherwise. That's where the dollar gets its power. I mean, it's it's the people believing in the dollar being worth something. So uh, it's just you know, 
it's different because it's in the cryptosphere and, and it's it's not as uh transparent as we'd like it but like i said it's they've got a huge market cap and they're going to be around for a while um okay what's uh what's going to be our coin for next week all right let's uh let's queue it up here and just to recap the rules here, uh, every week we are going to generate a random number between 1 and 100 and uh, take that number, look at the rankings on CoinMarketCap. And this week we have spun a 77. So let's take a look here. And number 77 on CoinMarketCap is MCO. Have you ever heard of that one, Ben? I've never heard of that one before. <laughs> Neither have I. Right. So, um, I mean, I hadn't heard of Loop Ring either and thought that one ended up being pretty cool. Yeah, so that was. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what the deal is with MCO next week on Crypto of the Week. All right. So this week for the crazy crypto predictions, I'm going to go with IOTA this time. IOTA. I know Interesting. It's, it's one that we love to hate around the office. And Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they have, despite, you know, the many problems they had in their ICO and, and issuing tokens and, and, and failing to... Freezing funds for six months and, <laughs> uh, yeah. And all those, it's currently sitting at about 57 cents per, uh, what is that, milli-iota? Mega-iota. Mega-iota. Yeah. Mega-iota. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with they're really involved with Volkswagen now. They've got a lot of potential good, good things coming out of this program. I would like to see them by the end of, say, October... We're going to see them probably closer to a dollar. Okay. Um, so that'd be a, a solid increase. I know that at the height of, uh, I think they were around $4 at one point. Yeah, I think they were at or over $5 um, for a brief period of time there. And uh, yeah, they've been sort of yeah sort of bouncing around 70, 80 cents uh, in the last couple of weeks or so. So Yeah, so uh, hopefully they can reverse this bleeding trend because we've been seeing yeah. red all week. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Go for it. Thanks for listening to Initial Legal Offering Episode 2. I've been Sevi. And I've been Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully next week we'll have Laura Beth back. And also you can let us know who won the Tether argument. I think Consive won. Just throwing that vote out there. Yeah, I don't know And we're going to discuss MCO as our Crypto of the Week. So we look forward to having you back. Thanks and see you next time.